The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car, like a legendary Camry. That's the car I drove growing up, and I couldn't have asked for a more reliable vehicle. Built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats, ooh la la, and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hi, my name is Shanti. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. I know a lot of Disney adults in my life, and I always think it's super fucking weird that people are Disney adults and spend hundreds of dollars to go to a children's park. People still celebrate this company that's pretty fucked up and has way too much fucking money. I don't get it. I am a Disney adult, and we're never really given a fair shake by people who aren't Disney adults. Nobody has a gun to your head saying that you need to love Disney stuff or go to the parks with us. We just tend to wear what we like on our sleeves. We don't need to be told that Disney is problematic. Chances are we know about how Disney is problematic in ways that you don't. There is no entry cost. There is no exit cost. And nobody's forcing us to do this. My family are all Disney adults. We have a Disney Vacation Club membership since we've had since the 50s. It's like been a family vacation for years and years. The cultiest thing about it is my mom's the only one who likes it. All of her daughters and her daughters-in-law have been assigned a Disney princess, and we get various Disney princess paraphernalia at each holiday according to who we are. This is Sounds Like a Cult, a show about the modern-day cults we all follow. I'm Issa Medina, and I'm a comedian. I'm Amanda Montel, author of the book Cultish, the Language of Fanaticism. Every week here on our show, we discuss a different fanatical fringe group from the cultural zeitgeist, from astrology to Trader Joe's, to try and answer the big question. This group sounds like a cult, but is it really? To join our cult, follow us on Instagram at Sounds Like a Cult Pod. I'm on IG at Isa Medina, I S A A M E D I N A A. And I'm on Instagram at Amanda underscore Montel. We also just launched our YouTube page, which is just Sounds Like a Cult Podcast. We have video now. Yeah, we do. And it's um, really special, especially on this episode. You'll see what we mean. Uh, you get a little something extra when you listen with your eyes. Um, also, for bonus material, materials, juicy cult discussions, and more, feel free to hit us up on Patreon at patreon.com slash sounds like a cult. Now, are you ready to take a magic carpet ride into this week's topic? <laughs> Zoom or maybe an elevator? Yeah, Twilight's. A, oh, it's different now. What it's is it Guardians called? of the Galaxy oh. is the theme of the ride. What was it before? Twilight, Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. Mm, I loved that ride. Mm, me too. It's my favorite one. I love to feel like I'm plummeting to my death. Yeah, and in like an artsy fashionable way because that's what disney's all about it's beautiful it's not just a ride it's also a magical experience obviously it's a world i can show you that world mm, girl show it to me <laughs> so if you don't know what a disney adult is i don't know where you've been living and i don't know how you're listening to this episode because 
you might just not have internet. <laughs> no, no, we had one commenter on our Instagram post about this being like, wow, this is truly the first episode topic you're covering where I have no idea what you're saying. That's amazing. Where yeah. do they live? On uh, the moon? I think that actually is a great position to be in because you're not going to come at it with preconceived judgments. Yes. And it's also somewhat self-explanatory. Yeah. A <laughs> adult who loves Disney. Yeah. But I think it's like a person who's like has a full-time job. They go to the parks at least a couple times a year mm -hmm. they buy all the merch they are obsessed with the movies maybe even go to the midnight premieres it's a person who just is obsessed with everything that disney does think of your hardest core taylor swift swifty but for disney in this way i think it's easier to say not what a disney adult is but what they do yeah <laughs> now what do they do they go to the parks yeah they dress up they collect merch. They want to have access to the most exclusive Disney fun facts and paraphernalia. Yeah, they even go as far as to sometimes make it, you know, their job in that they become influencers uh -huh. in the space, which stay tuned for the end of the episode. We have a very fun guest. I would sort of classify a Disney adult as a person who... um. I guess Disney follows them outside of the park and outside of the movie theater into their everyday life. We're not trying to figure out whether or not being a Disney adult is weird. It It, it is pretty weird. We're yeah. trying to figure out whether or not it is harmful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we also want to make sure that everyone understands, like, we're not talking about Disney the corporation. We're not going to mm. see if, like, the corporation is culty or not because, like... Obviously, if it's like a multi-billion dollar corporation, something's gone off. For sure. <laughs> of course, Disney's HQ culture is going to inform the fandom. Um, but we're not going to talk about the experience of working at Disney. We're talking about the experience of worshipping Disney. <laughs> exactly. I do think that there's one more final bullet point to differentiate a Disney adult from just like an adult who like sometimes goes to Disneyland. Mm, tell. Which to me, I think is someone who doesn't have children. Oh. Because I think... Or sometimes Disney adults hide behind their children and force mm. their children to dress up and force them to go to the parks. But I do think a healthier version of that is like an adult who doesn't have children and they're not hiding behind anything. They're just mm. like, I love this because I became obsessed with it at some point in my life and now it is part of my oh, life. Oh, I see. Okay, so the equivalent is like you think it's healthier to discover your love of Disney on your own uh, maybe based on your childhood, but not because you were forced into it. But some families sort of like want to live vicariously through their children. Yeah, like I feel like they they were already obsessed and mm. then they have kids and they're like, I'm going to have a kid because then I can take them to the park. Oh, it reminds me of like toddlers and tiaras. Exactly. <laughs> That's <laughs> My you... metaphor was going to be, um, it reminds me of like uh, sports dads. Yes. You know? Yes. But I Don't, love your That is the gender binary right there. It's like whether you're forcing your kid into peewee football or you're forcing your daughter into pageants. Exactly. When yeah. you're forcing your child into the universe of Disney, that's kind of the convergence of those two yeah, energies. Like when you're pushing your child into the bar. <laughs> yeah. like, literally get in there, kid. Yeah. You're going to love it or you're going to fucking love it. Yeah. <laughs> Eat that ice cream shaped like a mouse. Devour that bread bowl. Yeah, exactly. The food is kind of legit at Disneyland. Okay. We've been like talking about this episode for so long that I've been like a craving Disneyland, Disneyland food. food. Their corn chowder is 
not not delicious. <laughs> did you have it on your birthday? Yeah, I did. That's when I got these ears for those uh, watching on YouTube and wondering what the fuck is going on. Yeah, Amanda gave me my ears, so yeah, you, you can keep those, and they kind of actually match my outfit. They really do. Yeah. So let's go ahead and articulate some of the things that we find cultiest about Disney adults. We're not yeah. going to be able to cover everything, just the things that we find most salient. We're going to talk about different themes. So we're going to talk about like exclusivity and group out group. We're going to talk about like entry level costs. Are there any exit costs? We're going to talk about capitalism. We're going to talk about conformity. And we're going to talk about undue judgment of Disney adults because there's a lot of that. I think that Disney adults are people who just right off the top I'm gonna say it I'm gonna say it I think Disney adults are people who have a hobby and I kind of admire that they go out into the world and live their hobby Mm. rather than just watch it on tv yeah because that's what a lot of people do these days commit it's actually commit to the bit it's commit to the bit it's so true they have committed shamelessly and the word shameless has this negative connotation but it's like what do we want these people to have more shame yeah. What kind of message is that? Shame literally only makes bad Everything worse. I know. It's like, like shame is how you get, get the fuck out level cults like the fundamentalist Mormons. <laughs> exactly. Shame is how you get like priests in Boston situation. L- l- literally. Yeah. All right. So the first thing. Yeah. I think that, like you mentioned earlier, the corporation does influence the way that Disney adults create exclusivity within themselves Mm -hmm. so i think disney has created this sense of like vip this idea that there's always a next level that you can access and they've done that with their passes they've done that with clubs within disney there's club 33 which costs like tens of thousands of dollars to become a member of i think it's 25 to 33k up front to join and 10 to 5k yearly to maintain membership that is so much money (laughs) when i saw club 33 i was like okay like maybe a couple hundred bucks a year yeah (laughs) the club is essentially just like an airport area (laughs) for disneyland that's what i'm getting the vibe well that's the funny thing about the feeling of exclusivity and cultishness it's not even about the content it's not even about what you access it's about the feeling yeah it's about telling people it's like about going around and being like oh yeah like i was just at club 33 having a hot dog (laughs) very much so but already to access disney at the lowest level is very expensive yeah you cannot talk about disney without talking about the cult of capitalism yeah and they're constantly pushing you to spend 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 and spending is the equivalent to like reaching enlightenment in the disney world and i think it's important to highlight how like a lot of people who are disney adults are normal americans who like have you know a couple uh, holidays a year that they can spend away from work and they're not like millionaires who should be spending like tens of thousands of dollars on visiting parks and so i do think it's kind of a risk for some of these families or people to spend so much of their money on this hobby but at the same time if it makes them happy yeah i mean they're doing it consensually nobody is forcing them to you know fork over all of their money in the way that say the 
cult that my dad spent his teenage years in you had to in order to be in this exclusive group pay all of your salary to the leader um and the other thing is that sometimes in a really destructive cult you'll spend your money thinking you're going to be getting one thing and then it's bait and switched or misused on something else and i don't really think that's going on yeah with disney they're like this is exactly what you're getting and this is what's going to happen but they have like a lightning pass thing but in order to get a lightning pass you have to download their app which is called like disney genie and it's twenty dollars a day to to access access. the lightning pass yeah Hmm. okay so that's just i feel like maybe run-of-the-mill corporate charging (laughs) you know not necessarily culty in the way that like you think you're spending twenty dollars a month to get a meditation app and then all of a sudden you're in a sex cult yeah that's so true (laughs) they're not like asking you for nudes in exchange (laughs) i think when it starts to get culty is when disney adults start to attribute the amount of money they're spending with their worth in this group and that's when you start to talk about the facebook groups and the clothing and we can talk about that next my name is rose and i'm from orlando Uh, i think one of the cultiest things about disney adults is specifically disney influencers they are impossibly pretty, impossibly coordinated, sets people up for unrealistic expectations of their Disney vacation, and then make people feel bad about that. Hey, this is Tim from Stevens Point, Wisconsin. The absolute cultiest thing about Disney adults is just how quickly they snap when you say you don't like this character or you don't like that character. I'm Kay from Sacramento, and I think the cultiest thing about Disney adults is the godlike pedestal that Walt Disney is placed upon to this day. He is talked about as if he was an all-knowing visionary. One of the Facebook groups that they have is Disney Adults Without Children. It has over 130,000 members. Oh my God. They also have like that Disney Adult dating app. What is oh, it called? called uh, Mouse, Mouse Mingle. <laughs> Which is like a really cute name. I mean, what is the difference between having Mouse Mingle and J-Swipe? Which yeah. is like the Jewish dating app. I completely agree. Or having Mouse Mingle and like the league. I would say the league is worse. The league than, is worse. Than Mouse or Mingle. Farmers Only, you know? <laughs> like what's wrong with dating someone that you know shares this thing that's very important to you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that people are finding other people with like similar hobbies and similar interests to them that they like yeah but when things get involved in your love life especially with like weddings too because we all know there's disney adults who get married and the uh, the number of proposals that happen at the disney parks every year it's like you're spending one of the most meaningful moments of your life in front of this children's castle (laughs) and then there are even adults who like get married to a disney adult there's an acquaintance of mine that got divorced from her spouse because she was too into disney and then got remarried to another disney adult and is much happier and then i have another friend who called in and he was like i don't know if this was particular to my ex but believing the characters are real (laughs) i guess like marriage isn't necessarily like a religious thing anymore it really like doesn't have to be but i do think that it has like an association to traditionally for sure yeah so i think like it it does get into that level of like 
you're connected to the park and you're connected to the company in like a more spiritual way? Oh, I completely think that the way people interact with the Disney brand is completely akin to a religion. Like I reference this sometimes, but there's a um, theologian and journalist named Tara Isabella Burton who says that it's hard to define what a religion is, but it's easy to define what a religion offers people. And it's to offer community, ritual, identity, and meaning. Yeah. That is what Disney offers people. It is completely a full-blown religion for some. Also, in our research, I saw that a lot of Disney adults are obsessed with Walt Disney himself. Yeah. And they debate his thoughts and they debate his ideologies. But he's dead. But he's dead. Who does that remind you of? God? (laughs) Jesus. Jesus. (laughs) I don't know. I grew up Jewish. I don't really know. Jesus. Jesus. (laughs) Jesus himself. Jesus himself. Completely Walt Disney is this idol that they're worshiping. And so is Mickey Mouse. I was just going to say, I feel like like Walt Disney is Jesus and like Mickey Mouse and all the characters are like his apostles. Oh, his apostles. I thought you were going to say the Holy Spirit. Oh, no. (laughs) You really are just very Jewish. I just don't know about the the Christian analogs. But very true. They hypothesize about what Walt would think of, say, um, changing the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror to Guardians of the Galaxy. Would he approve? The fact that they like sit down and like are essentially analyzing his scripture. Yeah. Which is his movies and his cartoons mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> walt disney's cartoons are his scripture controversial opinion i'm gonna say it in public but i personally find biblical stories and disney stories to be e- equally fictitious oh that's my, my, my like disney ears you're like hot take well, that hot take i mean if you're looking to disney movies for a script by which to follow your life. And I think everyone who grew up with Disney does this to some degree. Like I definitely look to Disney movies to see what I thought about relationships, et cetera. Totally. When you look to that content to figure out how you wanna live your life and to figure out who you are, that is not that dissimilar to looking to the Bible. And in this way, it is almost a new religious movement. It doesn't involve a God per se, but the deceased or uh, animated figures that are providing this inspiration for your life serve that godlike role. People who grew up watching Disney movies is like you learn what's right or wrong from those movies. And this, and, yeah. and this is what a lot of non-Disney adults will say is culty about Disney adults is that they worship this brand that's super problematic. And I think that is valid. I think that is valid. But also, like, are the people who are critiquing these Disney adults saying they blindly worship? this brand looking into the people who worship the brand because I actually think a lot of Disney adults are pretty vocal about like things that they don't like it's just that idea of like where you spend your dollar Mm -hmm. and like there is no ethical consumption under capitalism so truly you can't who among us does not patronize and or stan a brand without problematic leadership no no it's like People in glass houses can't throw stones. Like, you know, we all need to criticize the problematic brands that we're repping before we start criticizing problematic brands that other people are repping. So, like, let them be happy. Yeah, I mean, we'll hear from our guest, who is a member of the LGBTQ plus community and who has actively advocated for Disney to be more inclusive. Everything needs a grassroots movement. For sure. So I think if these Disney adults are speaking on important issues, then it's important for those avenues to be open, especially like our guest today. If he's like an influencer in the space, that could affect like 
the way that people spend at the parks. A thousand percent. I mean, that's what his title is. He has the capacity to influence. That's what he does. And a, a really destructive cult would say, take someone off a press list or take someone off their media list if they expressed pushback. But they're not doing that to our guest and those yeah. like him. Yeah. Again, we're not defending the corporation in any way. No, not at all. We're we're just de- we're, we're in part defending some of these Disney adults who are the subject of such harsh judgment. I think the judgment comes from what you said earlier, which is like, it is a little weird, right? <laughs> like, like we are look at these parks and we think these parks were made for children but when walt disney made the park he was an adult yeah he made the park as an adult and there was never a time where he explicitly said that the parks were for children people are like you're into disney as an adult grow up why because you're projecting because you grew out of it so you think everyone else has to too why so they can go join a more adult type of cult and displace their fanaticism onto QAnon, conspiracy theories alcohol if someone has that zeal in them they're going to find an outlet for it and i think comparatively disney it's not that fucking bad it's not (laughs) here's the thing is like during times of crisis we always turn to nostalgia right it's like why during the pandemic all these reboots and reunions of old movies were happening we romanticized the past in a way to have hope about the future yeah literally the same parts of our brains light up when we dream about the future as when we romanticize the past the way that you say that like in pink (laughs) in you're like I contain multitudes, as uh, Walt Whitman once said, and I can wear Disney ears and talk about neuroscience at the same time. Go off. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do think we need to talk about the cultier aspects of it. Like any community that like doesn't have like a system of monitoring or mm-hmm. like a like universal way of like making sure that any everyone is safe, mm-hmm. there are going to be some toxic figures in the space. Hey, Isa and Amanda. I'm Sarah calling from Arlington, Virginia. I think the cultiest thing about Disney adults is how many engagements you see at Disney parks. Like the most important moment of your life has to be Disney related. Hi, I'm Sydney and I'm from Portland. And the cultiest thing about Disney adults is definitely the the attire, the focus on what adults are wearing to Disney, as well as the flooded secondary market of things like home decor, coffee mugs that are all definitely geared towards adults. So the cultiest thing about Disney adults is the debt they will put themselves into in order to continue to go for every celebration or to purchase anything marked limited edition. The Mickey Mouse ears, some people like to collect all of them and some of the collector's editions are upwards of a thousand dollars a pair, which is crazy. Another culty aspect of Disney adults is the specialized lingo. There are whole glossaries of in-group terminology you can find online acronyms actually i found a website called allears.net that had oh i don't know maybe a hundred disney specific acronyms like emh which stands for extra magic hours gap gold annual pass so many more there are terms like hidden mickeys which are like easter eggs planted around the parks mousekeeping uh, a synonym for housekeeping which kind of reminds me how the cult of we work would have highfalutin terms like weeo instead of ceo and then of course there's disney's tagline the most magical place on earth which you know promises don't really get more hyperbolic than that 
The other uh, word that's kicked around is Disney bounding. When Disney adults who know they're not allowed to dress as characters in the park will come up with this very clever way of dressing to sort of hint at Disney characters. Yeah, and they try and push the boundaries because there are literally rules in the parks that you're not allowed to dress like a character. And one of the most recent dramas is that there were Disney adults who were going to the park trying to crack the actual characters. They were going around on TikTok and taking videos of like the Disney adult characters and trying to get them to get go out of character. Mm, or break the fourth wall. Yeah, exactly. Which and, they're not allowed to do or yeah. else they'll get in trouble. Yeah, and so one of the Disney characters who works at the park, they make like minimum wage. Right. They are truly just there because like it's a job for them was like stop doing that like we don't like it when you do that we don't want you to do that and some Disney adults have gotten kicked out and like banned from Disney mm, so there was this drama between those who work at Disneyland and Disney World and those who are fans and make content about Disneyland and Disney World yeah so it does get clicky as any passionate community does there are two elements of being a Disney adult that I think take it into a, a different league and that is Storyville and the Disney College program. I was going to say the <laughs> Disney College program. If you don't know what the Disney College program is, it's actually just an internship program. It's mm -hmm. not a college at all. <laughs> and it's like, I think that's already misleading and I think it's like a little predatory. The Disney College program is this education, professional development, and paid internship program, kind of like study abroad, but the abroad is Disney. Yeah. <laughs> they are not an accredited program, but you can earn college credit by basically like working an entry-level job at Disneyland. Yeah, but you already like have to be at a separate college or university institution in order right. to get that. And so I think it's a little predatory that they say that it's a college program so it's a little overblown it's like why does disney need to weasel its way into our education system exactly the last thing we think makes it very culty is story living there are communities where you can literally live yeah there are these residential communities for disney lovers it's basically like living in a gated community but disney themed this is actually not the first time that uh, Disney has tried to create communities. Walt Disney tried to open one in the 90s oh, and it failed. We weren't ready for that. Yeah. I think it says a lot about how cultish our culture has become that we're ready for it now. It also did just come out like a month ago. Yeah. So we'll see how long it lasts. True. Um, so the first location is in Rancho Mirage. That's where Walt Disney himself used to own a house. Um, they've got estates, single family homes, condos, retirement communities. <laughs> Um, and it's this, you know, voluntary club membership where you get access to curated experiences and entertainment. Um, and each community is operated by Disney cast members. I think the reason we saved the story living for the end is because <laughs> like in all notorious cults, like the final step is to like physically move, move somewhere. somewhere. Well, and you don't even have to move to story living to have Disney affect where you move. Plenty of people, including our guest, uprooted their life and moved to either Southern California or Orlando just to be close to the parks. Yeah, it's now not just like you're moving to a neighborhood near the park you're moving into the literal neighborhood <laughs> that is made and created by the parks and you're living it's the next level in this like fantasy for sure which if you're not harming anyone and you can leave whenever you want yeah that's the thing you can leave whenever you want it's not like jonestown where they'll shoot you yeah if you leave yeah i mean we'll find out in a couple months <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> i know it's gonna come out <laughs> but i i think that this kind of 
it leads perfectly into our guest who mm-hmm. it can tell us more because he uprooted his life to move next to a park. Mm-hmm. Our guest today is Francis Dominic. He is a Disney adult. He doesn't use that term, I don't think, but he, he wasn't offended by it. He wasn't offended by it. It's not like it. it's a slur. <laughs> yeah, he did move to a neighborhood near Disneyland to be closer, but he goes to all of the events. He speaks on their movies and merch. He's and... a professional Disney influencer. That's the way he makes his living. Exactly. And he's going to tell us a bit more about his experience, why he he got involved with Disney to begin with, and he's going to tell us the tea. Yeah, he's going to expose the inner life of a true Disney adult. Do you want to let our guests know who you are and how you became such a hardcore Disney fan? Hi, everyone. My name is Francis Dominic. I'm here in your ears to tell you about a little bit about my life story with Disney. So I've actually been in love with Disney since I was born because I have pictures of me wrapped in a Mickey Mouse baby blanket the moment I came out of my mom. So it was solidified from that point on. Through my mom's love through Disney, she kind of just um, ingrained that into all of us and it manifested into this huge, giant, phenomenal career that I've just been able to hone in and be a part of this circle so it's been a wild ride since so you grew up with disney as like your religion basically (laughs) yes yeah i was saying hi to mickey mouse before like any kind of religion was even based on upon me so cute it's like you chose him he didn't choose you yeah or maybe (laughs) Yeah, or maybe, you never know. My mom was just like, this one. (laughs) And all you need to access heaven is to buy an annual pass. (laughs) Exactly. Can you please explain what is a Disney adult exactly? What I would say a Disney adult is, is someone that embodies and like loves um, Disney theme parks, animations, fashion, or even just like past influences. I mean, there's so many things that Disney can delve into now. Like it's not even just animated things or like princesses and prince like we literally have star wars marvel and all of the live action and even just from design aspect of it that you can appreciate because disney's always in the forefront so there's a lot of like niches that fit into this giant small umbrella because some people just see disney as like theme parks but some people see disney as like for the kind of um cult following that it has in a sense people don't want to say it's a cult but but essentially it is it is I'm like you, <laughs> you heard it you, here first folks <laughs> you 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 loki you loki worship a mouse you visit a castle as much as you can like babe like there's no difference than going to a church <laughs> and worshiping like a man in the sky like <laughs> so being a disney adult is just having fun with it not taking it seriously and you can be as big of a fan as a small as a fan you're still a disney adult i don't care if you're just a theme park goer or a movie watcher i'm like babe if you love it you love it all green flag you can be any level that you want (laughs) yes so can you explain your journey into becoming a disney adult because before we started recording you were talking about how you moved to orange county like this is your career now can you explain all of that so i was raised in new york and then we moved um to the bay area and so disney was only six hours away from us and with that kind of love i kind of just egged everyone to drive to SoCal with me as much as we can to enjoy Disney. And um, I took my love further and applied for this program, an internship called Disney College Program. And it was one of the best times of my life. Like, can you just imagine? The national sales event is on. 
at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car, like a legendary Camry. That's the car I drove growing up, and I couldn't have asked for a more reliable vehicle. Built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats, ooh la la, and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Come and join me for the cultiest event of the season. Oh, hey, it sounds like a cult host Amanda here to invite you this April to New York, Boston, and Philly, where I'm putting on a culty variety show that you are not gonna wanna miss. This show, Cult Gathering Extravaganza, features guest appearances from the cult-followed podcasters behind normal gossip, petty crimes, love letters, and strange customs, plus drag burlesque performances, a musical guest, exclusive merch, a meet and greet, and more. And this just in, for the New York event, use the code CULTMAGIC, no spaces, at checkout for 10% off your ticket. A copy of my new book is also included in the price. It's going to be a hootenanny. Recruit your friends. Ticket links can be found at the link in our Instagram bio at Sounds Like a Cult Pod or on our website, soundslikeacult.com. Living at Disney World from eight to 12 months of your life and all you do is work, eat, sleep, play Disney. That's it. That's all you did. That's and you got your paid. Dream. <laughs> yeah. And you got paid to do it. And then so um, that's what I did first. And then after I finished that internship, I went back home, um, did more schooling. And then I did another internship in Disneyland. And then so I worked with them during the 60th anniversary in 2015. And then I stayed on and then became a tour guide and worked in guest relations. And then after guest relations, I noticed that a lot of people started following me through my entire Disney journey. I didn't know I was an influencer before even the influencer term came out because I was already inspiring and like setting trends on like how to wear certain things or like what to wear to the parks and that the parks can also be your runway. And then I became a Disney influencer and now I just get to do all these fun things with Disney, whether it be going to premieres or being flown out and like experiencing like new things. Um, the most recent thing I did with it was um, was the Galactic Star Cruiser, which was their new Star Wars hotel in uh, Orlando. And that was insane. So that was just like a short version of my entire life with Disney and how much it's made my life so much better in every aspect. That's so fun. I feel like I feel like the reason I like don't allow myself to indulge in that kind of stuff is because I like again, this is like the whole theme of the podcast. I would like fall into the world and then like think that I actually was Peter Pan. Like I I you know, that's, I wouldn't want to leave. <laughs> that's the thing that you would have to work on though, you know, like people can separate that. But Yeah, also, no, that's a personal problem. We're yeah, in therapy. We're there. But also, I mean, like you can do it. You can just you can have as much or as little fun as you can with it. There's no rules to it. Sure, there will be some like noise, but like that's up to you to listen, you know? So you don't yeah. have to. How do you think that Disney can take over your life in both good and potentially not so good ways? In other words, what positive 
positive effects can be from the cult of Disney on your life? And what are like the hardcore Disney fans like? Do you think they ever go too far? Oh, absolutely. So I'm going to start with the con first because it's better to start with that and then end with a positive note. Um, Some of the cons, like some of these people are... I don't know if I can say it, but it's like, they're like batshit insane. Like uh, there are like, you think I'm a hardcore fan. There's literally people out there who are bigger fans than me. And I know that's hard to believe, but some of them are just go full on out. And sometimes um, those can like manifest into like a negative aspect where like people are like, oh, like I'm a bigger Disney fan than you. So your thoughts and your opinions about this are invalidated. And so that could be like the toxic aspect of it. One of the positive aspects aspects I do is that as even as like as a Disney adult it's so hard to make friendships in our adulthood especially when we leave our homes and so finding people who are like-minded and love the same things as you do um you are able to develop this like insane and already deep connection just because you have such a passion and love for the brand like Disney already and so it's up to you on whether you want to wage with the light side or the dark side but you can either be a villain or a hero in your own Disney story. It, I and love I the apply, metaphors. <laughs> yeah. There are some people who are very negative and they only want to spew negative negativity, but there's also so much more bright light um, within the fandom as well. So it really just depends on how you want to go about it. I yeah. love that. Do you think that like with the the people who can get a little toxic or like it sounds kind of like gatekeeper like I know more than yeah. you vibes. Do you think that anyone has ever gotten into like a culty situation from like being competitive and being like, I'm going to take it to the next level? Yeah, I think there's a lot of things in the Disney community right now because of social media about um, being the first. They want to be the first in everything. And... uh, Uh, I feel like the faster the people learn that not to be the first at everything, the more peaceful their lives will be because it is just, it is just crazy how some of these people just like, will like sharpen their elbows and like get their way to the front, like metaphorically, like not literally, um, to just, to just be like the first at something. Yeah. And it's like, it's not a competition on experiences because, these things aren't gonna go away. I mean, like, I can understand it from, like, a merchandise point of view, but, like, from an experience point of view, I'm like, there's always gonna be time unless, like, a date has been, like, said that this is going away. So that's, I think, one of the biggest extremes is, like, the first culture of being, like, the Mm. one to do it first. And are they competing for, like, clout, followers, success, or is it more, like, spiritual than that? they do it i think just so that they have the most coverage and their stuff gets shared the most so that they'll be the ones out there speaking on the personal experience aspect of it so people just want to be the first at it that's like the cult of capitalism all bubbled up yeah to the cult yeah, of social like, media and, yeah yeah there's there's no ethical consumption under capitalism but we're all under its spell <laughs> exactly are there any cult vibes coming from like disney hq like what is your what is your relationship with like 
the Disney gods. It's scary, like that some people who have high, like high influences and power, can like sway like the entire brand. Um, just like with the drama too, with like the don't say the don't say gay bill. I'm like with JPEG. I'm like Iger was like full on LGBTQ. Like he was so positive and he was like so all about inclusion. And then now as like a new CEO, he's like, yeah, we donated money, but like you're gonna deal with it. Like that, like just the two differences in power like that's crazy and that sways like how the entire brand looks like one person Mm. can really be that damaging or that good to the company so it's imperative of like who gets to be up there but it's also sad too because it's like oh like there's so many people in this company who are trying to like break barriers and try to like be more inclusive and more diverse but like a white guy on top could just ruin it all, you know? Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that, like, as Disney adults, especially, like, with a following, do you think that you guys have, like, any kind of power to, like, get attention from them to change things any in it, like, bottom up? I feel like I feel like we do because at the end of the day, I'm like, we're, we're the money. We're the ones that pay them. And so if enough people, if enough people like back it up and like stand up, then like they'll take notice, you know? And I really do believe that change can happen from the bottom, no matter what size your platform is. I'm like, everyone has a voice. If you have one to 100 followers or even like a thousand to a hundred thousand, like you have a following, like someone's always willing to listen. And the more that you cause a string of movement, the more your voice gets heard. And then the more that people will resonate with it and be like, hey, that's not freaking cool. Let's do something about it. Francis for president. I know. <laughs> um, I was like, I have a lot of strong beliefs. <laughs> that's what we like. This culture is actually like you for president is exactly what America needs right now. Like we all just need to like relax and have a good time. Do you have any stories of like the most extreme things you can think of a Disney adult doing for the fandom? Um, and what do you think of Storyville? <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm an extreme person myself. When I used to work at Disney, I used to help with Disney proposals too. And so one of my favorite things was um, setting up this proposal inside Tower of Terror. Um, I think one of the biggest, biggest things that like a Disney adult or Disney fan can do is visit um, or go to the D23 convention, which is the biggest Disney convention. I don't know if you guys heard of it, but it is a literally a three-day convention full of Disney fans. And this is where we get introduced to the new movies, to the new theme parks, to whatever new thing they're doing. And what's crazy is that all the celebrities show up like the last d23 the entire cast of every single disney movie showed up including um one of the biggest ones was um for a disney infinity uh end game oh my god they were just naming each person of the cast and they all came out on stage and we all watched the trailer for the first time together in this room you don't get those experiences anywhere except when you go to these conventions so those three days are like the biggest it's like it's like disney adult olympics like this is the time <laughs> to be like the first ones to know it all the first times to get the merch the first times to get like the limited edition things and the first time to know all the information that can happen and will happen and it only happens like every two years so it's happening this year in september i believe so if you guys want to go like pilgrimage yeah. any of like the park food 
I wish they did, but they want you to, like, go to the parks after because the convention ends every day at 6. So they'll, like, I don't know if they still do this, but they used to sell Twilight tickets, which would be from, like, 5 to closing, and you'd pay, like, half the price of it. So you'll Mm. be able to enjoy the parks after the convention. Oh, that's cool. I feel like that would be, like, perfect for me because it's, like, afternoon. It's cooler out. It's (laughs) Yeah. I'm, like, hungry just thinking about Disney. (laughs) So do you think there are any cliques or different types of Disney adults? Is there ever any drama amongst Disney adults? I girl, like you touched on it a little bit. Girl, there's so there's so much drama. I just try to be blissfully unaware because I just like to fade into the background and watch all of it unfold. Because it has nothing to do with me, but we all know we love, we love watching a good drama that doesn't involve us. It's like, it's like, oh my God, a car crash. But like, you can't look away, you know? <laughs> Of course. <laughs> yeah, like it literally makes traffic when someone crashes a car because everyone's like looking out their window. They're rubbernecking. Yeah. I mean, we rubberneck yeah. at Colts. Without naming names, can you think of an example of like some hardcore Disney drama? <laughs> I think one of my favorite Disney dramas is um in like early, early middle 2010s. They used to have like these like Disney gangs that would show up in Disneyland in like like jean jackets they were like a biker gang but like you go to the parks together and they all have like their each own hangout spots in the park and like they can get territorial and they were like no like this is this is like my side this of the is park. our bench <laughs> yeah like Yeah, like Disney got Disney heard of it so bad that they're like, no, you guys aren't allowed to do this anymore. But you should have seen these like Disneyland gangs like they were serious. If you go to Disney on Sunday, some of them like still like show up, but they can't like be a gang you know like they're yeah. like they're called like social they can't clubs. be affiliated there's so many different versions of cliques and niches in disney that it can hit any kind of aspect we really are all children at heart like it's like in the playground when like you would form your little cliques and like you think you're cool yeah. just because you're surrounded by your friends yeah. and like if you think it's, you're cool, then maybe you are cool, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. Okay, we're going to ask one more question, and then we're going to play a quick game. Why do you think outsiders think adults who love Disney are cultish? I think it's because it's one of the most, like, louder and prominent ones. Um, a lot of people are always judgment of being like, oh, dude, like, you're such a child for wanting to spend time at a theme park. I'm like, babe, if you can watch guys bounce around balls or throw balls, I'm not going to judge you for what you want to do. But, like, I'm not hurting anyone. But, like, we all have our own niches and different things that we like. But this one is just easier to, like, bully on we all do the same things we all pay for the yeah. things that we want to do we all go to the places that we want to do i'm like like if people want to pay like thousands of dollars for like a certain artist they want to see or like a certain game that they want to watch i'm like people can go to a theme park and pay thousands of dollars to vacation i'm like and people are just like labeling it because it's easy for them to like crucify in a sense you know we love problematizing sports on this podcast and like Getting that intense about a little game where you're throwing around a little ball, that's childish too. Or MMA, like fake fake fighting that like people go watch. I'm like, that's actually like theater. Like Yeah. yeah. 100%. It's just a masculine version of theater. You're still paying money to see it, but I'm not not shitting on you for liking dudes in underwear and putting on a show (laughs) to fight for you. Like, I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm not gonna like project that onto you like go ahead and enjoy that and i'm like if you like sports and you like disney i'm like disney literally owns espn i'm like 
if you're watching baseball or <laughs> football, you all, you, you're also a Disney adult. I don't care what you say. I'm like, I don't care what sports <laughs> team you rep. You're still a Disney adult. You're still giving money to ESPN. Like, <laughs> hey, you're not slick. So now we're going to play a little game. It's just a classic Would You Rather Disney cult edition. Okay, let's do it. Would You Rather have to live in the new Disney story living neighborhood for the rest of your life or live in a commune of flat earthers for one month? Um, I would rather live in Storyville just because it's so beautiful. And it's like <laughs> um, a paywall version of Epcot and what Walt Disney wanted to do. So if I was going to live here and in Palm Springs, well, then so be it. <laughs> so what? It'll be so fun. You're like, easy. I want to live in Storyville. <laughs> yeah. Okay, next question. Would you rather have to spend a month on the abandoned Discovery Island? You have food and shelter, but you can't access the outside world. Or join the Church of Scientology for one year. Oh, no. I would go to the Discovery Island because sometimes I need to disconnect from all these motherfuckers. So I'm going to do it. I have food and shelter. Yeah, one Perfect. Month. One month. We're softballing you. We're softballing you for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, guys, these are so easy. Would you rather only be allowed to use social media to interact with Disney conspiracy groups on Facebook and Reddit or have a regular social media use, but you're not allowed to post about Disney? Oh, Ooh, shit. That's hard. That's hard. That's a good one. <laughs> I um, I'd rather debacle with people on Facebook and Reddit. I feel like that would be easier because I still want to post about Disney. So sure, my mental health might deplete a little bit, but that's what therapy is for. <laughs> the cost. That's right. It's the cost yeah. of posting. <laughs> okay. Would you rather attend the D23 Expo for a full three days without being able to sleep or take a break from the activities at all? Or spend one week living as a practicing Mormon. I've already done the D23 every two years since it started. So I will gladly do it again. <laughs> Without sleep or break. We don't yeah. You have no idea. But I slept in those parking lots so that I can go into those convention rooms. Literally, it would end at six. I would not even go to the parks. I would go straight. We would have inflatable like those like inflatable swim things and we would lay them out in this cold cement so that we'll be able to sleep so that we can have access to these panels in the morning you should see it in the, the holding rooms for disney it's cold as hell it's all cement and it's all bright light so i've done it before i've done no sleep no breaks i'm like this is literally disney <laughs> this Olympics. one is unfazed yeah. would you rather have to wear a pair of Mickey Mouse ears 24-7, including to important meetings, interviews, etc., for the rest of your life, or give up getting your nails done. <gasps> <laughs> Wait, how long do I have the ears for? A year or for the rest of my life? The rest of your life. Oh my God, I have to give up the nails then. Oh, I have tragic. to give up they're the so nails. <laughs> I know, they're done up right now. They're like half dark, half light. Oh, so cute. Yeah, I would I would have to say goodbye to nails. I can't do years years for the rest of my life. Everyone's gonna have to follow you, even if they don't care about Disney, which first of all, how dare, but they'll follow you for the nails alone. <laughs> thank <laughs> yeah. you, thank you. All right, last question. Would you rather never be able to visit Disney again, but you get to live a normal life, or you have to live in a frat house full of incels, but they go on a group trip to Disney once a year? 
Oh my gosh. Okay, so I consider myself as a really good influencer. So give me those frat boy incels. I will literally turn them into men. I have no problem <gasps> doing so. I have no That's problem doing so. That's the best answer you could have ever come up with. <gasps> I have no problem. I have no problem turning these boys into men. I'm like, babe, let's go ahead. If you're going to give me one trip to Disney every year versus no trips to Disney, let me go ahead and shape these men up. Okay, Challenge I love that. You're like doing... A deed for society at the same time. Exactly, exactly. My the first Messiah lesson has risen. Yeah, I'm like my first lesson will be is like let's learn the difference between consent, yes and no. Yes. <laughs> Listen, this has been a delight beyond compare. If folks oh, want to follow you yeah. and just like join your cult, where and how can they do that? All of my socials are under Francis Dominic, uh, Francis Dominic, and the last eye has two eyes. So you can find me all of that in Instagram and uh, um, TikTok and just anywhere else. So Amanda, in those ears, can you tell me out of the three cult categories, do you think that Disney adults are a live your life, a watch your back, or a get the fuck out? level cult you know all of the things that people feel most passionate about complaining about regarding disney adults the aesthetic and the movies and constantly going to the parks and collecting and merch and lingo and blah 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 blah. i think all of that is a live your freaking <gasps> life amanda if you can't tell by me like earnestly wearing these ears right now all of that is like who are they hurting? Yeah. What are the exit costs? Like you're not signing away your life to anything. If you lose interest in Disney for whatever reason, no one is going to shun you. You're not going to be physically harmed. Yeah, I feel like the reason Disney adults bothers people is kind of like, I was thinking about this on the way here. Yeah. I feel like Disney adults gets under people's skin because it's like bright and colorful and it like it gets a reaction out of them it's kind of like when you like go past the like salad section in a menu you're like oh this is annoying yeah it's people just think it's obnoxious yeah but, but so it's like, what then look on. away look away go move on to the burgers and fries you yeah don't have to get a salad for us to talk about something on this podcast there's obviously going to be like a level, level of, of cultiness of course but it's what level and i agree i think that disney adults are a live your life and again with the disclaimer that you have to always like be watching out for your health, yourself, your finances, your finances and like your friend groups. But that's just general life advice. Like always, like we read your comments, you guys, but these are our opinions and some might see differently of the Disney adult community. But we think Disney super fans are kind of like the cult of feet. It's basically just a wholesome daytime kink. And who are we to judge if it's not turning us on. You know what I mean? As long as it's consensual, all is good. All's to say, we looked at Disney Adult. We went in the forums. We talked a little bit about the drama. You know, there's toxicity in everything. We heard all your listener call-ins. We heard all your listener call-ins. We heard from our guests. But we ultimately think as fun as it is to like pick at some people who do little <laughs> funny weird things. Disney Adult is low-hanging fruit. It is. And we think it's a live your life. And I want to go to a park because we won't shut the fuck up about it. I know. It is actually hella fun. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's our show. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with a new cult next week. But in the meantime, stay culty. But not too culty.
Sounds Like a Cult is created, hosted, and produced by Amanda Montel and Issa Medina. Kate Elizabeth is our editor. Our podcast studio is All Things Comedy, and our theme music is by Casey Kolb. Thank you to our intern slash production assistant, Noemi Griffin. Subscribe to Sounds Like a Cult wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And if you like our show, feel free to give us a rating and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash sounds like a cult. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car, like a legendary Camry. That's the car I drove growing up and I couldn't have asked for a more reliable vehicle Built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats, ooh la la, and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So, visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.